Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. For the 300th episode, I'm interviewing Steve Gamlin, who is a stand-up comedian and a professional speaker that helps others see their goals, then construct an action plan to achieve them. Welcome, Steve. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Christina. Very happy to be here. Well, I am excited about this topic, especially since this is our 300th episode. But before we dive into that, tell the listeners a little bit about your background. Sure. My name is Steve Gamlin, and uh, it all started when I was about eight years old. And I'm dating myself here, I know. I saw a TV (laughs) show called WKRP in Cincinnati on television, and it was about a fictional radio station. And I saw this guy who had kind of long, scraggly hair. He wore sunglasses indoors, which I just thought was the coolest thing in the world. And he played records, and he got paid for that. And I said, you know, (laughs) I want to do that someday. Well, parenting in reality get in the way sometimes, and that's not a real job. So I wound up going to college, got a four-year degree, um, graduated 1990, designation summa come this close, which was always <laughs> my dad's favorite joke. It was actually sadly accurate, 62 one thousandths of a point. And then I kind of sat around for a couple of years and didn't really know what to do with myself. And at age 24, a friend of mine kept asking me, why didn't you ever follow your dream of being on the radio? And Ooh. I'd run out of excuses. And I, and I mean, I had long been out of comp- self-confidence and I borrowed some money from my grandfather. I went to broadcast school and summer of 92, uh, eight-week course, and I got my first internship at a radio station that we'd grown up listening to. And my friend was so proud and so Aww. happy. And you know what your friends say when you actually go do it? I told you so. <laughs> and then in a, in a sad twist, that friend passed away three weeks later. Oh. And I did 10 years on the radio. I did 15 years worth of hours. So I was just exhausted and broken in every way. And I walked away from it. And the rest of my life fell fell apart quickly after uh, my first marriage ended. I was $62,000 in debt without a full-time career at age 35. And one day I was just out hitting golf balls at a driving range. And I'm not a good golfer. So if you want to be safe, stand right in front of me and just wave and I'll never hit you. And a thunderstorm came ripping through. Now, I was at the far, 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 far tee box because I'm a bad golfer. So I was standing under power lines, barefoot in the wet grass, in a thunderstorm, Uh. hitting a bucket of golf balls. (laughs) And I actually dared the lightning to hit me. Not in anger, but because I've got a background in comedy as well. So I was just being sarcastic. Uh So I hit all my bucket of golf balls, getting frustration out, and hit the buckets of two other golfers who had run from the storm. So after an hour in a thunderstorm, I got to my car and the sun came out and I just started laughing because I'm thinking, my life is so pathetic. You made the sun come out when I was done. (laughs) And I shared that the next day with my then brand new life coach. And here's the moment that changed my life. Kind of like the friend who had asked me why I didn't follow my dream and it gave me 10 amazing years. He, He said, So what happened this week? And I said, put your pen and paper away and just listen to what I did yesterday. And I just tried to make it sound as funny as possible. And he said, I have two questions for you. Are you this open and honest about your life with everybody? And I said, well, yeah, in a self-deprecating way often, but yeah. Have you ever thought of being a motivational speaker or a stand-up comedian? Ooh. And I said, you know, 
yes and yes, but I've never had the confidence or any idea how to pursue either one. On his desk was a brochure that he'd gotten in the mail that week from a local community college that had an intro to stand-up comedy course, something I'd never even heard of before. (laughs) And he said, I've got it right here. Will you go? I said, yeah. And two weeks later, I was at my first class. And he said, about the speaking thing, have you ever heard of Toastmasters? I said, well, yeah, it's the place where you go learn how to speak and stuff. He said, yeah. By the way, the most successful chapter in the state of New Hampshire, awards-wise, is in your backyard, one town away. And within a month, I was there. Ooh. And within a year, I'd been paid to do both speaking and comedy. Not much, because I wasn't that good. <laughs> but because of a, a, a second time, a question that somebody who cared about me asked, why haven't you followed this dream? And that's what led to me becoming a speaker. And I said, here's the lesson from my first friend. When somebody else believes in you, listen to them because they see the more real you than you see in your own mirror. Mm. And that's my why as a speaker, because it's very important to know your why, no matter what you do. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And I think that leads into our topic. But before we do that, I have to ask, you're known as the motivational firewood guy. What does that mean? Yes. Uh, In my early speaking days, of course, everybody, you know, I'm a motivational speaker. And I went into my first National Speakers Association of New England meeting, all excited. Of course, I got the blue name tag of shame because I'm brand new. It just says, Steve, (laughs) hi, I'm new. You know, just please talk to me. (laughs) And a gentleman named Don came over and I'll, I'll treasure this conversation forever. He said, so young man, what do you do? I said, I'm a motivational speaker. He goes, well, that narrows it down to about a million. (laughs) What sets you apart? Why do you do this? I said, I want to help people. He goes, you're not helping yourself right now. And he was really kid glove with it. And he was funny about it. And after about a five or 10 minute conversation, he said, what do you really do? I said, you know, I want people the day after they hear me speak to wake up and think one more positive thought, speak one more kind word and take one more positive action. I said, I can't change their lives, but if they have a spark of something in them they want to do, and if I share something that gets them to go for it, I said, I'm kind of like motivational firewood. Ooh. They have a spark and I add the the information and then they combine the two and they do something. And he goes, do you know anything about trademarks? I said, not a thing. He goes, <laughs> go look it up. He says, I really like that concept. Keep dialing it in. He goes, but that's really unique. And and I dropped about $1,200 and I've owned the trademark motivational firewood ever since. Nice. Well, let's, let's uh, light some fire under our listeners. <laughs> yeah. And, and talk about visualization and vision boards. What do we need to know? The first time I'd ever even heard of a vision board was watching the DVD of The Secret. And this was in the early 2000s. And for anybody that hasn't heard about The Secret, it's all about the law of attraction and manifestation. And they did a really good job of giving the basics and kind of giving a broad brush of what the law of attraction is all about. One thing that really hit me wrong was they used a genie in a magic lamp. And they just kind of made it look like if you wish for something, you'll get it. Yeah. And for me, manifestation and visualization is so much deeper than that. In about two-thirds of the way through the secret movie, a guy named John Azaraf talked for less than three minutes about vision boards, about how he took his goals, figured out what they looked like, put them on a board, and then just kept it where he could see it. 
and I was really fascinated by that. So I started to do a lot of research on visualization and I put into it, put it into action in my own life. And the first few boards I did were just an absolute nightmare. It was all stuff. I may as well have just picked up a pen and paper and written, dear Santa Claus, <laughs> you know, here's all the stuff that I want. But I started to, you know, try and fail and fail really badly. And I started to figure out that I wasn't even emotionally connected to the stuff I was throwing on the board. I was doing it out of a sense of lack because I'd blown my life up into a million pieces. And when I started to put more emotionally connected things on my board that applied to nine major areas of my life, and, and for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, go out and Google life wheel. It, it looks like an old wagon wheel, and it's kind of all the different parts of your life, your physical health, your emotional well-being, spirituality, ethics and morals, uh, your career, your finances, your relationships, your connection with the world, and all of these different parts of our lives. And I figured out, or I learned, when I started to set goals that were combinations of different parts of my life, or at least all emotionally connected and figured out what they looked like, felt like, sounded like, even smelled like in some situations, I started to increase my success. And I started to be more connected to what I really wanted and why I wanted it. And that's what kind of kept me growing. And I've now been speaking for, this will be my 17th year. And it's just been an incredible growth. And now I teach other people how to do this, individuals, entrepreneurs, and there's even a company who brings me in every year, and we've been working together 11 years now. Wow. And I work with their team on the goals. So I've taken the arts and crafts project <laughs> mentality of vision boards, and I even have a t-shirt line that says, friends don't let friends attend vision board parties. <laughs> Because if, you're, if your marketing includes, hey, we'll have wine, cheese, crackers, and scissors and glue sticks. Oh, and we'll work on our goals, too. Uh, you might be using those glue sticks to put your, one of your eyebrows back on. You know, by the end of the night, if you get hammered and start playing with the scissors. So what, I, what I've really tried to do is dial it in and also make it very practical. I, I'm a blue-collar, valued, ethics guy. And I just try to make the process as real as possible. Take out all the woo-woo, fire the genie, sell the lamp at a yard sale for three bucks, and just get down to basics. And that's that's the way I teach it. And all these years later, it's still going and still growing. So something's working, right? It was a good decision it. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So what what are some some good tips for our listeners to get started on vision boards? Identify where you are right now. So many people walk around every year. And of course, you know, at the beginning of each year, you get the resolution time, new year, new me, which is a bunch of garbage. Yeah. Figure out and, and be brutally honest with yourself. Don't be brutal to yourself, but be honest with yourself. Where is my life right now in these different areas? You know, your, your finances, your career, your relationships, and all these things. Where are you right now? And then even if you just imagine one year into the future, because some people say 20 years from now, what do you want? I'm like, uh, to still be breathing at this point <laughs> would be nice. So I, I tell people, I said, look, if this is new to you, just start a year in advance. You know where you are right now. Where would you like to be in each of those categories, say, a year from now? And don't just write the word, don't, don't carve the word better on a potato and stamp it with ink down the column. <laughs> Put some thought into it. It's kind of like a GPS. You know where you are now. Yeah. 
Figure out where you want to be a year from now. If you want to be a certain weight, write down the number you want to see on your scale. If you want to have a certain level of income, write down the income that you want to have. Uh, if you're if you're in a relationship and maybe it's feeling a little stale or you take each other for granted right now and you'd like to have date night like you did when you first got together, write down a year from now or within a year, we want to have one date night a week or two date nights a month. And here are some of the things we want to do. And the most important thing you can ask yourself about each one, why do I want this? And you're probably never going to get it right on the first try. I know my why, and it's because a friend of mine believed in me when I didn't, convinced me to go for my dream, and then I lost that friend. As a speaker, my why is to be that friend for as many other people as possible, especially the people sitting way in the back at a live event who snuck in late, who won't make eye contact, never raise a hand, won't say a word to me, might not even take a note, but they're going to sit there in the shadows praying for something to come their way to inspire them <laughs> to, to want to pursue a better life or feel they're worthy of it. And I tell people, I said, that's the person I work the hardest for, whether I'm on a radio show or on stage somewhere or in a Zoom call or writing an article, because I used to be that person. Yeah. You know, people all the time, I've gotten more than 500 standing ovations. <laughs> Honestly, that's my opinion of that. You know, I, I've that's gotten all one, about them, not the, the audience. Yeah, I, I've gotten yeah. one standing ovation in my entire career, and I cheated to get it on purpose. <laughs> I bet a friend I of do mine. Too. <laughs> I bet a friend of mine. I said, I bet you I get a, a standing ovation tonight. She was right in the front row, and she goes, there's 200 people here who've never even heard of you. I was added last minute to an event. And I said, five bucks. And she goes, all right. So I was telling a story about how one of my early stage stories was called Some Days Your Phoenix Rides a Pogo Stick. Because our life, even if we visualize it, it doesn't always get better right away or on the first try. Exactly. So we leap out of the ashes. But sometimes we fall back and we burn our tail feathers. And then we grow new, prettier, stronger ones. And we fly again. So at the very end of the speech, I said, all right, what I want you to do is please stand up. I want you to look over your right shoulder. Look over your left shoulder. Now look down at your butt. How are your tail feathers doing? Are they intact, the ones you were born with? Because maybe you haven't been courageous enough to risk failure. Are they gone because you recently struggled with something? Or are they grown back and more beautiful because you tried? My name is Steve Gamlin. Thank you very much. Hope you have a wonderful evening. And they start clapping while they're standing. And I look down <laughs> in the front row. And there's my friend giving me the finger from the front row. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sneaky. So I cheated, but I had a visualization that I wanted to create a standing ovation. I That's it. it. And you were specific I and you included your why. Yes, yes. And well, she didn't give me the $5, but she did buy me a beverage up in the bar after the event. So. There you go. <laughs> so once we identify, we imagine that one year in advance and we identify what we want to go after, what do we do? We do not sit down on the couch, put our feet up, eat a bag of Doritos, and watch reruns of MeTV and wait for the universe to knock on our door. What? <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, biggest thing, start to think of all the actions you would have to take to get there. And if you're not sure where to start, look around and see if there's anybody on the planet who's already enjoying what it is you say you want to enjoy. And I guarantee you, there is. See what they're doing. It, it doesn't even have to be somebody famous. It could be somebody that you know over social media. Or if they are a little more well-known, maybe they host 
a radio show or a podcast, or they have a YouTube channel, or they've written books, or there's videos out there of them presenting. Go look at the people who are already a little higher up on the mountain than you are and watch the path, watch the steps, watch the actions that they take. And what I have found over the years, and this is something uh, Jack Canfield explained in one of his presentations, the surprising thing is people out there who are really successful, most of them are extremely happy to share how they did it, or at least give some advice of how you can get started. Yeah. And, and I've always tried to be that person as well. I mean, I'm not at the top of the mountain yet. Every once in a while, I like to sit on a rock in the sun and eat a sandwich. And what I love most about that is I may see somebody coming up a little bit behind me. Um, I, I very recently coached a, a, a new speaker and coach who's just starting your business. And we have amazing conversations. And I love doing that because it reminds me of all the people who are generous to me. Yeah. And if we're sitting so it on sounds our like couch, gratitude. Yeah. Well, yeah. Gratitude is a huge part of it. Um, every day, be grateful for a moment, at least one moment. I write down three per day from the previous day. And especially start with what one thing did I do yesterday? Who did I meet? What conversation did I have that's going to help me get a little closer to just one of my goals? And so many yeah. people think, well, oh, that's nothing. It is something. It's momentum. Momentum and consistency breed confidence. And that's what's going to keep you rocking on the days when you feel really far from your goals. I love it. So it sounds like we get our, our, our and I, I, I hear a lot of neuroscience behind this too. <laughs> um, so we get our brain straight, right? So we get very specific on what we want. We make sure, I love that you mentioned it's emotionally connected things. Because when we connect things emotionally to our brain, our brain's like, hey, this is important. I'm going to pay attention to it. <laughs> and we visualize everything that we need to do. We get that, that vision board going. Um, I'm assuming it doesn't matter what medium you use. Uh, it really doesn't. And technology has kind of made it easy for people to do it online. I prefer the old brick and mortar version with uh, whether it's uh, some people still cut up magazines for that. I go on the Internet and I find pictures that really, truly represent what I want. I create some of my own graphics as ah. well. And hashtags or sayings or mantras or words that resonate for you that are going to keep you going as well. So it's it's really kind of a collage. And the reason I prefer to build it by hand versus online, I actually physically get to touch it and I get to uh. physically put the pictures in such a way that whatever I want that's most important is in the center and everything else builds outward from that. Nice. And I, I'm physically maneuvering and kind of creating my story that way. And through the sense of touch, I feel more connected to it. Nice. Again, more neuroscience behind that. Yes. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. People say that to me all the time. They go, where did you study neuroscience? I said, I didn't. I'm just one of those people. <laughs> I know if people say the law of attraction and they try to, you know, draw it down to its tiny little, uh, you know, DNA strand somewhere. I said, look, I just know it works. Yeah. And I I'm trust in the proof. science. I'm living proof. So what I do is the practical, hands-on, common sense, bare bones, basic approach to it. It's, it's, I don't know how to rebuild the engine of my car, but I trust when I turn the key, it's going to start and get me somewhere. Yeah. And that's the way I explain it. And they, they ask me questions about neuroscience. And I just sit there, you know, blank like an Etch-A-Sketch in the backseat of a car <laughs> to a 90 on a bumpy road. I said, look, uh, I don't know. I just know that it works. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Well, and I love it. So we get our mind straight. We connect our emotions in there. We get that body involved, even perhaps by physically doing the vision board. And then we jump into action. We do. And one of the steps that I encourage with all the, the clients that I work with is think of your, your resources, your connections, and the actions that you'll need to take. We, we don't have to do it all ourselves. We can't do it all ourselves. Right. And if you're stuck, maybe you're up against the technology or a learning curve or something. What resources would you have to access? What book would you have to read? What YouTube tutorial do you have to watch to learn a step to get you closer and not just sit it on your desk and just stop dead in your tracks? Who will you need to meet or connect with for connections? And what actions do you have to take? And if you think of it like an old wooden roller coaster, and we have an ancient one here in our in my home state of New Hampshire, and Riding it about 17 years ago is where this idea came from. It's got a small amount of cars on it. So a limited number of people. So you want to make sure all those people are going to really dig that ride. And when you look up at the top of the hill, that's your goal. You have to get there. Now, you can't cheat there. You can't skip any steps. You just go click, 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 (laughs) click, click. Slow and steady wins the race. And it's a certain number of increments. And once you go over the top, when it goes click for the last time and you pause that little second, your eyes get big. And it goes over the top because you did everything you needed to do to get there. You couldn't stop the momentum of that ride if you tried. Yeah. And I don't recommend trying. Don't. That's why they say leave your arms, legs, head in the car, (laughs) or they will get left behind. Yes. (laughs) But you've done all the work, but you have to be systematic in getting there. You can't cheat your way to the top of that roller coaster. Yeah. And sometimes that clicking is the scariest sound. It can be because everyone's laughing. Yeah, we, we, maybe there's a gear that's stripped, one tooth on one gear stripped, and you go back a, a a click. Yeah, and you get scared, and you you do the panic white knuckle grab on the bar, but then it goes forward again. Yeah, I love that. What is it? Metaphor, analogy, simile. <laughs> It's, it's one of those. It's in there. It's one somewhere. of those. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell the stories. I'm, I was. Uh, uh, my English teachers didn't always agree with my version of everything. So <laughs> I just tell, you know, I lived them and now I tell them. There you go. And hey, the points across doesn't matter what it's called. <laughs> exactly. If you like I said, if you wake up and remember the story and one more positive thought, word or action, rock and roll, we win. There you go. Well, I, mean, I feel motivated to go do a vision board right now. But <laughs> Before we uh, before we get to that final piece of advice, though, could you share with listeners any products or services that you have? Sure thing. I do have uh, what I've created, the Vision Board Mastery Program, uh, 200 plus hours in my recording studio to create 74 minutes and 52 seconds of really good audio. Wow. So it's the least cumbersome learning program in the world, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so that's available as well as some of my books and even a, a free webinar to give people the basics of visualization uh, at my website at motivationalfirewood.com. Awesome. Okay. Final piece of advice for our listeners. Most definitely include kindness in everything you do. Think of all your goals, your hopes, your dreams, your intentions. Go about each one kindly. When you make connections out there, leave at least one situation a day better than you found it on your way. Light up for someone else. And if you're concerned that kindness costs money, next time you go to the grocery store, play a little game that I like to call shopping cart rodeo. 
<laughs> if you see one abandoned, bring it back to the corral or all the way to the store. And if it's a store that allows you to bring it back in, bring it in, wipe down the handle, offer it to somebody who needs it if you don't. Say, look, I just rescued this. Hand grips all wiped down. The wheels hardly wobble. You'll love it. <laughs> oh, share the kindness. I love That's it. That's it. That's it. Thank My you grandfather's so much for joining us. Thank you so much. <laughs> Your grandpa's watching. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Steve. My pleasure. Thank you, Christina. If you'd like to learn more about Steve, visit his website at motivationalfirewood.com. Christina delivers her speeches to diverse global industries on a variety of topics. You can learn more about booking her for your event at christinaeans.com.